0: In the quiet hours of dawn, the mist lay thick over the cobblestone streets of a secluded town. Edward, the town's alchemist, stood alone by a freshly dug grave, the earth still unsettled. Eleanor, his beloved, lay beneath the dark soil, taken by a swift and cruel illness that had left the town untouched but had cruelly claimed her. The funeral had been a sombre affair, the townspeople murmuring condolences as Edward remained silent, his face an unreadable mask. Now, with the first light of day casting long shadows over the graveyard, he lingered, his heart heavy with a grief that seemed to consume his very being. As the sun rose higher, dispersing the morning fog, Edward turned his back on the grave. His steps were heavy as he walked through the winding streets, past shuttered windows and closed doors. The town was still asleep, unaware of the turmoil raging within their alchemist. Reaching his workshop, a place once filled with laughter and shared dreams with Eleanor, Edward pushed open the door. The interior was cluttered with bottles, herbs, and alchemical instruments, all testament to his once passionate pursuit of knowledge. But now, these tools seemed meaningless, mere trinkets in the face of his loss. He moved to his workbench, where an array of stones and minerals lay scattered. His eyes, once bright with curiosity, were now dull as he picked up a piece of obsidian. The stone was dark, its surface smooth and cold to the touch, much like the numbness he craved to still his aching heart. In that moment, a desperate plan began to form in Edward's mind. If he could not escape his grief, perhaps he could suppress it, lock it away deep within where it could no longer torment him, The obsidian in his hand seemed to whisper promises of relief, of an escape from the pain that threatened to overwhelm him. Edward set to work. The workshop that had been a sanctuary of love and learning would now become the birthplace of something unnatural, something that would change not just Edward, but the very fabric of the town he called home. The workshop was shrouded in secrecy as Edward delved into his forbidden work. Days melded into nights, marked only by the flickering of candlelight against the cluttered walls. Obsidian shards lay scattered across the workbench, each piece a failed attempt, a reminder of the elusive solution Edward sought. He pored over ancient texts and forbidden scrolls, his eyes scanning for any knowledge that might aid his quest. Alchemy, once a pursuit of healing and discovery, had now become a path to something much darker. Edward's hands, once steady and sure, trembled with a mix of anticipation and fear as he worked. In a corner of the room, a furnace glowed with an otherworldly fire, fueled by rare herbs and mystical compounds. Edward had gathered these from the farthest corners of his shop, each ingredient chosen for its purported properties, to channel and manipulate life energies. The heart of his creation lay before him, a roughly-hewn, heart-shaped piece of obsidian, larger than his own fist. It was more than a mere stone. It was a vessel, a receptacle for his pain and suffering. As he worked, muttering incantations and anointing the stone with exotic oils, the air in the workshop grew heavy, charged with an unseen energy. Finally, after countless hours, Edward held the completed obsidian heart in his hands, It pulsed with a dark energy, a tangible manifestation of the grief and sorrow he sought to expel from his being. It was a thing of beauty and terror, its surface gleaming like a starless night. The time had come for the final, most dangerous part of his plan. Edward prepared himself, laying out surgical tools with a hand that was surprisingly steady. The ritual he was about to perform was one of great risk, a venture into uncharted realms of magic and alchemy. With the obsidian heart beside him, Edward began the ritual. Words of power filled the air, wrapping around him like a cloak. He made the first incision, his own heart laid bare, beating weakly in the dim light. With a steady hand, he removed his flesh and blood heart, replacing it with the obsidian creation. The pain was immense, a searing agony that threatened to overwhelm his senses. But as the ritual neared its completion, the pain subsided, replaced by an eerie calm. The obsidian heart now nestled within his chest, beat with a rhythm that was not of this world. Edward's grief, his overwhelming sorrow, drained away, absorbed by the dark heart he had created. He stood up, feeling an unfamiliar lightness in his being. The anguish that had consumed him was gone, replaced by a numb emptiness. He looked around the workshop, his gaze falling on the tools of his trade, the books of his learning. They seemed distant now, relics of a past life. Edward stepped out of the workshop, the obsidian heart within him a symbol of his newfound freedom from pain. But as he ventured into the streets of the town, unaware of the consequences his actions would soon bring, a shadow fell over the workshop. The obsidian heart, while silencing his own grief, had begun to cast a much darker spell over the town and its inhabitants. Edward walked through the town, his steps light, almost ethereal. The weight of grief that had hunched his shoulders was gone, replaced by an unfamiliar sense of detachment. As he passed by familiar faces, Neighbours and friends who offered sympathetic smiles, Edward felt nothing. No surge of gratitude for their kindness, no twinge of pain from their pity. He was free, or so he believed. The world around him seemed different now, as if he were observing it through a veil. Colours were less vibrant, sounds muffled, and even the air felt less substantial. He wandered aimlessly, testing the limits of his newfound numbness. In the market square, children played, their laughter usually a balm to his soul, but now it left him unaffected. He watched them with a clinical detachment, noting how their joy failed to stir any response within him. The obsidian heart had done its work well, severing the ties that bound him to his emotions. At a cafe, he sat silently, watching people go about their lives, Conversations ebbed and flowed around him, a tapestry of life that he no longer felt part of. He sipped his coffee, finding no pleasure in its taste, yet no displeasure either. It was an existence devoid of sensation, a hollow shell where his heart used to be. As the day turned to evening, Edward returned to his workshop. The place that had once been a sanctuary of love and learning, and then a chamber of dark pursuits, now felt like just another room. He looked at the alchemical instruments, the herbs and stones, and felt no connection to them. They were just objects, devoid of meaning. He sat at his workbench, the obsidian heart beating rhythmically within his chest. A laugh escaped his lips, a hollow sound that echoed in the empty room. Relief, he had sought relief from his pain, and he had found it. But in doing so, he had also lost everything that made life worth living – the ability to feel joy, sorrow, love, and loss. Edward realized then that he had not just silenced his grief, he had silenced his very soul. He was numb, truly numb, but at what cost? The question lingered in the air, unanswered. As Edward sat alone in the fading light, a man who had traded his heart for a stone. In the days that followed, a subtle change began to sweep over the town. It started slowly, an undercurrent of change that went unnoticed at first. People began to experience a gradual dulling of their emotions, a creeping numbness that mirrored Edward's own state. It was in the small things initially. Laughter in the tavern seemed less boisterous. The warmth in greetings between neighbours diminished. The baker, known for his cheerful banter, now served his customers with a mechanical efficiency devoid of his usual joviality. Mothers noticed their children playing less exuberantly, their laughter not as loud or as frequent. As the malaise deepened, its effects became more pronounced. The town's artist, who had painted vibrant landscapes, found her palette turning to muted, somber tones, Love letters penned by the young lovers of the town lost their passionate fervour, becoming formal and detached. The change was insidious, seeping into every facet of life. Celebrations turned into mere gatherings where people went through the motions without any real joy. Compassion and empathy, once the backbone of the community, waned, leaving a void where solidarity and kindness once thrived. Mara, the town's healer, was among the first to notice the alarming trend. Patients came to her, complaining of a lack of appetite, not for food, but for life itself. Young couples, once brimming with love and plans for the future, sat in her office, expressing indifference towards one another. Children, typically a source of boundless energy and emotion, played listlessly. The townspeople were losing their capacity to feel, to experience the full spectrum of human emotion. It was as if the very essence of what made them human was being drained away, leaving behind shells of their former selves. Mara observed these changes with a growing sense of unease. At first she wondered if it was an ailment, a disease of the mind or spirit. But as she delved deeper, she began to suspect something far more unnatural at play. Her thoughts turned increasingly towards Edward, the town's alchemist, whose own transformation had coincided with the onset of the town's affliction. The streets, once filled with the music of life, now echoed with the silence of a deepening despair. The town, known for its vibrant community and zest for life, was succumbing to a pervasive numbness, an emotional void that seemed to emanate from its very heart. And at the center of it all was Edward, a man who had sought to escape his pain only to unwittingly spread it to those around him. Mara, the healer, sat in her small, herb-scented clinic, a frown creasing her brow. The influx of townspeople complaining of emotional numbness had grown steadily. Each day brought more cases, each more perplexing than the last. She pored over her books of medicine and ancient law, seeking an explanation, but found none that fit the strange symptoms. As she treated her patients, Offering herbal remedies and words of comfort that seemed increasingly futile, Mara couldn't shake off the feeling that something unnatural was at the heart of this affliction. Her mind kept returning to Edward, the alchemist. Once a vibrant part of the community, he had become reclusive since Eleanor's death, and it was shortly after her passing that this wave of numbness had begun to spread. Determined to find answers, Mara ventured out into the streets, The town, once alive with the sounds of daily life, now lay in a quiet lull. People went about their routines, but there was a mechanical quality to their movements, a lack of the vitality that had once defined them. Mara made her way to Edward's workshop, her steps resolute. The door was ajar, and she pushed it open, stepping into the dimly lit interior. The room was cluttered with alchemical paraphernalia, but Edward was nowhere to be seen. Edward! Mara called out, her voice echoing slightly in the cramped space. There was a moment of silence, then the sound of footsteps from the back room. Edward emerged, his eyes hollow, his expression blank. He regarded Mara with a detached curiosity, as if trying to recall who she was. Mara, he said finally, his voice flat. What brings you here? Mara studied him, noting the profound change in his demeanour. I'm here because of the townspeople, she began cautiously. There's a numbness spreading among them. It's as if they're losing their ability to feel. And I can't help but notice that it started around the time of Eleanor's death. Edward's face remained impassive, but Mara thought she saw a flicker of something in his eyes. A brief spark that quickly died. I'm sorry to hear that, he replied. But I don't see what it has to do with me. Mara took a deep breath, choosing her words carefully. Edward, you've changed since Eleanor passed. You've isolated yourself, and now there's something about you, something different. I can't help but wonder if there's a connection. Edward's gaze shifted, avoiding her probing eyes. There's no connection, Mara. Grief changes people, that's all. Now if you'll excuse me, I have work to do. Mara left the workshop with more questions than answers. Edward's reaction, or lack thereof, had only deepened her suspicions. There was a piece of the puzzle missing, a critical link that connected Edward's personal tragedy to the town's growing emotional void. Determined to uncover the truth, Mara resolved to keep a closer watch on Edward. She had a sense that the key to solving this mystery lay with him and she would do whatever it took to find it, for the sake of the townspeople and for Edward himself, who seemed to have lost far more than just his beloved Eleanor. As the town's emotional malaise deepened, an unexpected development occurred. One evening, as the sun dipped below the horizon, casting long shadows over the streets, a stranger arrived in town. He was a tall man, cloaked in a dark, hooded garment that obscured much of his features. His presence was immediately noticed, a ripple of muted curiosity passing through the townspeople. The stranger made his way directly to Edward's workshop. He knocked firmly on the door, a sound that seemed to cut through the eerie stillness that had enveloped the town. Edward, who had been lost in his work, looked up, a flicker of irritation crossing his face at the interruption. He opened the door, his expression one of guarded curiosity. "'Can I help you?' Edward asked, his voice cautious. The stranger lowered his hood, revealing sharp features and eyes that seemed to hold a depth of knowledge and secrets. "'We may be able to help each other,' he said, his voice smooth and confident. "'My name is Lucan. I'm a practitioner of the arcane arts, and I believe I know what ails your town.' Edward's interest was piqued despite his initial reluctance. And what would that be, he asked, his tone still wary. Lucan stepped into the workshop, his gaze taking in the array of alchemical tools and substances. You've created something, haven't you? Something that's affecting the emotions of the townspeople. Edward stiffened, his hand unconsciously moving to his chest where the obsidian heart lay. I don't know what you're talking about, he said but there was a tremor in his voice that betrayed him. Lucan smiled, a knowing, almost sardonic smile. You don't need to hide it from me, Edward. I understand more than you think. I've seen the effects of such creations before. You sought to numb your own pain, but in doing so, you've unleashed something far more potent and dangerous. Edward looked at Lucan, a mix of fear and relief in his eyes. Relief at finally being able to share his burden and fear of the consequences of his actions. Lucan continued The obsidian heart you've created is draining the emotions from the people of this town. It's a potent artifact, one that requires a delicate touch to undo its effects. Edward's defenses crumbled, the weight of his secret too much to bear any longer. Can it be undone? he asked, desperation creeping into his voice. Yes. Lucan replied, but it won't be easy. We'll need to work together to find a cure, to reverse the effects of the heart and restore balance to the town. Edward nodded, a sense of purpose, however daunting, beginning to take root. Lucan's arrival, mysterious as it was, offered a glimmer of hope. Together they could possibly undo the harm that Edward had unwittingly caused. As they began to plan their course of action, the town lay outside, its streets quiet, its people lost in a deepening fog of emotionless existence. The arrival of Lucan marked the beginning of a new chapter in the strange tale of the Obsidian Heart, one that held the promise of redemption, but also the peril of deeper darkness. In the dim light of Edward's workshop, he and Lucan pored over ancient texts and cryptic scrolls, their heads bent in concentration. The air was thick with the scent of herbs and burning candles, the atmosphere charged with a sense of urgency. Lucan explained that to reverse the effects of the obsidian heart, they would need to gather rare ingredients, some of which were fraught with danger. Their first destination was the Whispering Woods, a place rumoured to be haunted, where a rare flower known as the Night's Whisper grew. This flower bloomed only under the light of a full moon, and was essential for their cure. As they ventured into the dense forest, the trees seemed to close in around them, their branches twisted like grasping fingers. The deeper they went, the darker it became, until they were relying on Lucan's glowing staff to light their way. They finally found the night's whisper, its petals a deep violet, shimmering under the moonlight. As Edward reached for the flower, a chilling howl pierced the night, causing him to recoil. Lucan quickly cast a protective circle around them as shadowy figures emerged from the darkness. Wolves, their eyes glowing with a supernatural light. The pair stood back to back, Lucan chanting incantations while Edward held the precious flower tightly. After what seemed like an eternity, the wolves retreated, disappearing into the shadows as mysteriously as they had appeared. Their next journey took them to the Mountains of Sorrow, where the tears of a grieving spirit were said to crystallize into a powerful gem. The ascent was treacherous, the paths narrow and fraught with danger. They encountered spirits of the lost, their wails echoing through the craggy peaks, trying to lead them astray. After days of climbing, they reached the summit, where they found the spirit, a mournful figure weeping over the loss of her loved ones. Lucan approached her with reverence, speaking words of comfort, and offering a token of remembrance. In gratitude, the spirit presented them with a single tear, crystallized into a radiant gem. Exhausted but triumphant, they returned to the town. Their quest had taken them through trials that tested their courage and resolve, but they had secured the essential components for the cure. The Obsidian Heart's power was formidable, but they now had a glimmer of hope. As they prepared for the final and most dangerous part of their journey, the town remained unaware of the efforts being made to save it. The emotional void continued to spread, but Edward and Lucan were now armed with the knowledge and means to potentially reverse the heart's dark influence and restore the town to its former vibrancy. Edward and Lucan's next task led them to seek the wisdom of a hidden coven known as the Sisters of the Eclipse. This coven shrouded in secrecy and mystery, was said to possess ancient knowledge of magic and alchemy that could aid in their quest. The coven resided in a secluded grove, hidden from the uninitiated by powerful enchantments. Guided by Lucan's arcane knowledge, they navigated through a labyrinth of illusions and wards, finally arriving at the heart of the grove. Here, the air was alive with magical energy, and the very earth seemed to hum with power. They were greeted by the High Priestess, a woman of indeterminate age, her eyes reflecting the wisdom of centuries. She listened intently as Lucan explained their purpose, her gaze occasionally drifting to Edward, who stood with the obsidian heart's weight heavy within him. "'You seek to undo what has been done,' the High Priestess said, her voice resonating with an otherworldly timbre. "'The path you tread is fraught with peril. The obsidian heart is a powerful artefact, its magic ancient and complex. She led them to the centre of the grove, where a cauldron bubbled over a mystical flame. The air around it shimmered with energy, the ground marked with intricate symbols and runes. For the cure you seek, one final ingredient is required, she continued. A phoenix feather, rare and precious, capable of rebirth and transformation. Edward and Lucan exchanged a glance, the gravity of their task dawning on them. Phoenix feathers were the stuff of legends, known for their immense restorative powers, but obtaining one was a feat few could accomplish. The High Priestess sensed their trepidation. Fear not, for we shall aid you in this endeavor, she said. The Sisters of the Eclipse have long awaited a moment such as this, where our knowledge could turn the tide against darkness. Under the guidance of the Coven, Edward and Lucan underwent a ritual of preparation. Their minds and spirits attuned to the task ahead. The High Priestess bestowed upon them a single phoenix feather that shimmered like fire. With this, the cure is within reach, she proclaimed. But be warned, the power of the obsidian heart will not be undone easily. It will resist, and the cost may be greater than you anticipate. Armed with the final ingredient, Edward and Lucan left the grove, their resolve strengthened by the coven's wisdom and assistance. The journey back to the town was a silent one, each man lost in his thoughts, contemplating the enormity of the task ahead and the sacrifices that might be required to restore balance and heal the wounds caused by the obsidian heart. Back in the town, under the cloak of night, Edward and Lucan began the intricate preparations for the final ritual. They set up in Edward's workshop, the room now filled with an air of expectancy and tension. The ingredients they had gathered lay on the table. As they worked, Lucan's demeanour changed subtly, his glances towards Edward becoming more calculating, his movements more guarded. Edward, preoccupied with the task at hand, failed to notice these small but significant shifts. The ritual was complex, requiring precise timing and incantations. As they chanted together, the air around them began to thrum with power, the obsidian heart within Edward's chest pulsating in response. Just as they were about to add the phoenix feather, the pivotal moment of the ritual, Lucan's true intentions revealed themselves. With a swift, practiced movement, he grabbed the feather from Edward's hand. Lucan, what are you doing? Edward exclaimed, shock and confusion written across his face. Lucan stepped back. I'm sorry, Edward, but I cannot allow this ritual to proceed. The power of the obsidian heart is too valuable to be destroyed. Edward stared at Lucan, betrayal and realization dawning on him. You, you used me. All this time, your plan was to take the heart for yourself. Lucan's expression was one of cold ambition. Yes, I needed your knowledge and resources to gather these ingredients. The obsidian heart's power combined with the Phoenix feather will grant me abilities beyond imagination. As Lucan prepared to complete the ritual himself, Edward lunged at him, desperation lending him strength. A fierce struggle ensued the workshop becoming a battleground of clashing wills and magic. Potions shattered, their contents sizzling on the floor. Papers and scrolls flew through the air as the two men grappled, each trying to gain the upper hand. Edward, driven by a sense of betrayal and the need to right his wrongs, fought with a ferocity he didn't know he possessed. Finally, with a decisive move, Edward managed to wrestle the feather from Lucan's grasp. As Edward's eyes adjusted to the light, he saw Lucan looking defeated and fearful. Realizing he had lost, Lucan made a quick decision. With a last look of defiance, he turned and fled from the workshop, disappearing into the shadows of the night. Edward, left alone, felt a mix of relief and heavy responsibility. The betrayal had been thwarted, but the ritual still needed to be completed. Gathering the scattered ingredients, he steeled himself for the task ahead. The town's well-being rested on his shoulders and he was determined to restore the emotions Lucan had almost stolen for good. Edward, now alone in the chaos of his workshop, steadied himself to complete the ritual. He couldn't afford any mistakes. The fate of the entire town rested on his shoulders. As he began the ritual anew, Edward's mind was awash with thoughts of Lucan's betrayal the town's suffering, and his own role in this unfolding tragedy. The obsidian heart within his chest beat with a strange rhythm, as if resonating with the potent magic in the air. As the ritual progressed, Edward felt a connection with the obsidian heart growing stronger, more intimate. He began to sense the emotions trapped within it, the collective feelings of the townspeople, amplified and distorted. The heart wasn't just numbing his emotions, it had been absorbing the emotions of everyone around him, becoming a reservoir of the town's collective grief, joy, fear and love. This realisation hit Edward with the force of a physical blow. The heart had become a prison of stolen emotions, and he its unwitting jailer. His attempt to rid himself of his own pain had led to the entire town's suffering, Edward felt a surge of energy coursing through him, a maelstrom of emotions that were not his own. He experienced flashes of memories, snippets of joy and sorrow, love and anger from every corner of the town. It was overwhelming, a tidal wave of feelings that threatened to drown him. But amidst this storm, Edward held on to his purpose. He channeled the energy, guiding it with his will and the incantations he uttered. The heart, now pulsing rapidly, began to crack, the obsidian surface splintering as the trapped emotions sought release. With a final burst of light and power the heart shattered, sending a shockwave of energy throughout the town. Edward slumped to the ground, drained but conscious, his chest feeling strangely light. The obsidian shards lay scattered around him, dull and lifeless. In that moment, Edward felt a rush of his own emotions returning. Guilt, sorrow, but also hope. He had undone his creation, releasing the town from its emotional prison. But the cost of his actions, the pain he had caused, weighed heavily on him. As he lay there, gathering his strength, Edward knew that the town would awaken to a new day, one filled with the full spectrum of human emotion. He had set right his wrongs, but the journey to redemption was just beginning. As the first rays of sunlight filtered through the streets of the town, a remarkable transformation unfolded. People who had been living in a state of emotional numbness were suddenly reawakened to the full range of human emotions. The streets, which had been silent and devoid of life, were now filled with sounds of joy, tears of reunion, and expressions of long-suppressed emotions. In the marketplace, vendors who had been going about their business with mechanical indifference were now greeting their customers with genuine smiles and warm conversation. Children, who had been playing listlessly, were now running around with shrieks of laughter, their faces alight with excitement and happiness. At the town square, a group of musicians who had lost their passion for music spontaneously began to play. Their melodies, once muted and hollow, now carried the depth and richness of emotion, drawing a crowd that danced and swayed to the rhythm, celebrating the return of their feelings. Mara the healer walked through the streets, her heart swelling with relief and joy. She saw couples embracing, families reuniting, and friends laughing together, their bonds strengthened by the shared experience of regaining their emotions. The town had come back to life, its heart beating strongly once again. Amidst this jubilation, Edward stood at the fringe of the crowd, observing the scenes of happiness and relief. The weight of his past actions still hung heavily on him, but seeing the town revitalized, the people he had unwittingly harmed now healed, brought him a sense of peace. He walked through the town, his journey unnoticed by the celebrating townsfolk, He saw the faces of people he had known for years, now bright with emotion, and felt a bittersweet happiness. His creation had caused so much pain, but now, thanks to his efforts and sacrifices, the town was whole again. Edward realized that while he could not undo the past, he could contribute to the town's future. As he walked, he made a silent vow to use his knowledge and skills for the benefit of others, to heal heal rather than harm. As the day wore on, the celebrations continued. The town filled with laughter, music, and joy. The emotional void that had once threatened to consume them had been vanquished, replaced by a newfound appreciation for life and each other. The restoration of the town was complete. For Edward, it marked the end of one journey and the beginning of another, a path towards forgiveness and healing guided by the lessons he had learned and the hope that had been rekindled in his heart. As the sun set, casting a warm golden glow over the rejuvenated town, Edward found himself drawn to the town square. The celebrations continued around him, but he felt a strange sense of detachment, as if he were an observer rather than a participant in the joyous scenes. He stood there, lost in thought, when suddenly a sharp pain seized his chest. He clutched at his heart, the site where the obsidian heart had once resided. The pain intensified, spreading throughout his body, a deep, searing agony that seemed to burn him from the inside. Around him, the townspeople stopped and turned, their expressions changing from joy to concern as they witnessed Edward's plight. Mara, who was among the crowd, rushed to his side, Her healer's instincts taking over. But as she reached him, Edward's body began to undergo a startling transformation. His skin took on a dark, glassy sheen, his features becoming rigid and immovable. He was turning into obsidian, the same material as the heart he had created and destroyed. Mara and the others could only watch in horror and fascination as Edward's transformation completed. Where once stood a man, There now stood a statue, perfectly sculpted in obsidian. His expression was one of peace and acceptance, a stark contrast to the tumultuous journey he had endured. A hush fell over the crowd, the celebration turning into a vigil as the townspeople tried to comprehend the sight before them. The obsidian statue of Edward stood as a poignant reminder of the events that had transpired, a symbol of the pain and the healing that had occurred. As night fell, a quiet understanding began to spread among the townspeople. Edward's transformation was the final act of his redemption, a selfless sacrifice that had restored their emotional well-being. He had absorbed the last remnants of the heart's dark energy, freeing the town from any lingering effects. In the days that followed, the statue became a site of reflection and remembrance. People came to pay their respects, some leaving flowers, others simply standing in silent contemplation. They touched the statue, and many claimed to feel a sense of relief and peace, as if Edward's spirit was still present, continuing to heal and comfort. The town moved forward, its people cherishing their emotional freedom and the memory of the alchemist who had saved them. Edward's legacy lived on, not only in the obsidian statue in the town square, but in the hearts of all those he had touched,